0: Today, I wanted to share with you a segment of the online course that I created, Foundations in Anatomy and Body Science for Yoga Teachers. Now, this is a 10-hour online course, and it's the first segment that I do in the 30-hour segment that goes into our 200-hour yoga teacher training. And I wanted to take this information and put it online because I feel like a lot of people struggle with the anatomy portion in their yoga training and it can be helpful to go back and watch it over and over and really absorb the terminology and get comfortable with all the information because that's how we start to build on that foundation and create a really solid understanding of our body and how it interacts with this practice of yoga. So I hope you find this segment to be helpful and I'll put a link in the description below if you want to check out the full course. Now we're moving into the language of anatomy, and we're going to start out with the anatomical position, different body positions and orientations to gravity, and terms of laterality, size, and symmetry versus asymmetry. So let's look at some of this stuff. The anatomical position is the foundation pose from which we describe all movement and the relationship between different areas in the body, how they relate to each other. It all comes from this neutral starting position called anatomical position. In yoga, we could think that it's pretty close to mountain pose. It's the way that I like to teach mountain pose. Depending on the lineage that you've studied, sometimes the hand position is a little bit different. But... I like to do it just like this, head up, shoulders and arms right at your sides, palms facing forward, that's very important, and and feet facing forward. So this is the way that it is the easiest to see the body. The bones are lined up really nicely so that if we want to talk about them and point to different areas. This is easy for us to identify everything and then it creates that neutral starting point from which we describe any movement that happens that deviates from this place. So here's mountain pose as I like to practice it. Neutral standing, everything is very even. So this is a pose of symmetry. Both sides of the body are doing the same thing. And these elements of mountain pose are felt as stability and stillness and space. So that's the foundation from which all other yoga poses are branching off. We can always find elements of mountain pose in all the other poses, especially standing poses, but really almost all the poses. So here's the different body positions and I see people get a little bit confused with these, so this is important to talk about. So biped is standing on two feet, walking on two feet, I always think of a pedestrian, like you're crossing the street, you are a pedestrian, you're on your two feet, and you're walking along. So by means two, and it's two pieces of support. So then we switch over to quadruped, which is that classic table position, hands and knees, and that is quad, so four, Areas of support, hands and knees. So biped, two areas of support, quadruped, four areas of support. And then we have these two different body positions called prone, which is when our belly is toward the floor, or supine, which is when our back is to the floor, we're laying on our back. So There's a lot of different yoga sequences that you would consider to be a prone sequence or a supine sequence. Within the range of supine being on your back, there's some variation there. So you can be completely flat on your back. You can be slightly elevated, maybe 45 degrees elevated or 90 90 degrees elevated, which I wouldn't really consider supine anymore as opposed to sitting. But you can see here that gradient. And that becomes important with certain conditions like pregnancy, where being completely flat on the back might not be comfortable or um, necessarily advised at that point. Here are some examples of prone yoga poses. Belly to floor. This is cobra. This is... um, different versions of locust pose that we like to do, a lot of strengthening the muscles in the back of the body. And then we switch over and we see the opposite, which is supine, when the back is against the floor. We do all sorts of stuff here, stretching the legs, we do a lot of ab work here, a lot of core strengthening in a supine position. So then we switch over to quadruped, from hands and knees, from table. You can think of what a foundation pose table is and how many different things we can do from there. Balancing table, the opposite arm and leg reach being a really common one. The cat and cow we do in quadruped, downward dog is technically also quadruped. So we usually think of quadruped as hands and knees But really, like plank and downward-facing dog, you still have those four areas of support, but most of the time when somebody says a quadruped position, they mean hands and knees, table. So here's that example of the semi-reclined options that I was talking about, and these are some of the reasons why you might use these. Somebody has acid reflux, being flat on their back can sometimes cause acid reflux, so if you lift them up a little bit, it helps with that. With pregnancy, it is just sometimes too much pressure when the baby starts to get larger. It's hard to breathe. They're putting too much pressure on your bladder and your lungs. Um, The aorta on that side can sometimes have too much pressure toward it. So toward the end of pregnancy, like third trimester, a lot of people are going to be more comfortable semi-reclined instead of fully supine. High blood pressure. You don't want somebody completely reclined if they have very high blood pressure because that changes the pressure in the brain. Glaucoma, so pressure in the eyes, same thing. We don't want to increase that pressure. If there's a history of an aneurysm or a stroke, especially in the recent medical history, we do not put them completely flat on the back. We want them elevated so that the pressure, the blood pressure specifically in the head and the upper body is not as high. So laterality, sides, this is interesting when we want to talk about the variety of movements that we do within our yoga practice and how much complexity we want them to have. The terms of laterality go like this, unilateral, so uni meaning one, so one side. If I do a unilateral arm movement, I just lift one arm. If I do a bilateral, bi meaning two, bilateral arm movement, I lift both of my arms up. And the same could be said for my legs. If it was a unilateral leg movement, I would bend one leg. If it was a bilateral leg movement, I would bend both legs. So that's not too bad, right? One side or two sides. What gets a little bit more confusing is when we start mixing upper body and lower body in different combinations. Ipsilateral is the term that means the arm and the leg on the same side. So it would be right arm, right leg, or left arm and left leg. The limbs on the same side would be doing the movement. Contralateral is opposite, so right arm, left leg, it's always diagonal across the body, contralateral. So that term makes a lot more sense in my brain. Contra meaning opposite, opposite sides, got that. The ipsilateral kind of throws my brain off a little bit more, I have to think about it. So the way that I remember it is that ipsilateral starts with an I and it's straight. So I think straight down the side, same side. You can look at the lines at the top here, ipsilateral is that straight line Contralateral is that diagonal line. So that should help your brain to kind of hold that information a little bit better. Let's look at yoga examples here. This is called a single knee to chest stretch. We do it all the time. Wind relieving pose is the yoga term for this. It's a unilateral movement, just the right leg. We could say that it's a bilateral arm movement if you're using both hands to pull that knee in, But for the leg, that's unilateral. And then we look at the other one with both knees back into the chest, and that is a bilateral leg movement. Left and right leg pulled back into the chest. Then when we start talking about the sides, contralateral, opposite sides. When we do balancing table, opposite arm and leg are reaching away from each other. So it's a contralateral movement. If we did an ipsilateral movement, it would be the arm and the leg on the same side are lifting. So the example that I put here is the half moon pose because the arm and the leg on the top of the body, so same side, are both in that lifted position, and then the arm and leg on the other side are both in a supporting position. So that same side of the body, that straight line through the trunk, contralateral, versus ipsilateral. We'll go through a practice after this to really drive that point home and to help you feel it better in your body. But here's a couple other examples that this is from yoga therapy at the wall. When you're doing core stability, these terms become very important because they're changing the way that force is distributed through the trunk and through the abdominal muscles. If I was doing same side, arm and leg, in this top one here you can see My right arm and leg are bent, and my left arm and leg are both straight. So same thing happening on each side of the body. That's an ipsilateral movement. And then I switch it over to contralateral, opposite, where I'm going from my left arm is bent and my right knee is bent. Got that opposite diagonal line going. And then we can look at this marching movement here as a unilateral movement where I just pull one leg back unilateral, and then I do it with both legs so it becomes a bilateral movement. And then the same thing in sitting. Unilateral, I lift one leg. Bilateral, I try to lift both legs. I like to think about these terms as being important in terms of how much movement variety are you working into that practice? Is everything you're doing, like one arm at a time, is everything you're doing just on one side of the body, Or are you getting some of that diagonal input? Are you getting some bilateral arms and then bilateral legs? All of that stuff is going to change the way that the body has to stabilize through the trunk, through the pelvis, how the core has to work. So think about that when you're doing your sequencing. Okay, then the last term that we're going to talk about here is symmetry. There are poses in yoga that are symmetrical, meaning we're doing the same thing on the left and the right side of the body. And then there are poses that are asymmetrical. They are doing different things on the left and the right side of the body. The easy way to remember this is there are certain poses that we just have to do once and we're okay. Like you can just do downward dog. You don't have to worry about doing it on the left and the right side because it's a symmetrical pose. But warrior two, you have to do the left side. And then you have to do the right side because that brings you into balance. You did both sides of the body. So here's a list. You have symmetrical poses like chair, forward fold, table, plank, cobra, upward facing dog, downward facing dog. Think like very foundation poses that you can build off of really well. And then the asymmetrical poses, things you have to do on both sides, warrior one, warrior two, triangle, a lot of the standing poses, lunges, high lunges and low lunges, you have to do one leg forward and then the other leg forward. So what else can you think of in this category? Try to sit down and really think of what is a symmetrical pose and what's asymmetrical and how you can create variety within your practice in those two categories. So a little thing to ponder at the end, certain poses seem like they are symmetrical and they might not be. So Sukhasana, easy sitting pose, is something that you might at first think is a pose that has symmetry. It kind of looks the same, but depending on which leg we cross first, you are doing different things to your hips. So I always have my students switch their legs at a certain point so that you can feel the hips are a little bit different from one side to the other. So keeping that in mind. All right, now we're going to do a practice to really solidify all of these terms and feel them within your body.